standing strong while I'm going and I'm striving. I'm relying on myself for as long as I'm surviving. Taking no excuses because your words are just useless. Kick off the dust and let's do this. Hello and welcome to Remedy, a human awakening, a forum where we discuss the challenges we face as humans navigating today's fast-paced modern society. Today, Corey and I want to talk about limiting beliefs. What are the things we tell ourselves or allow others to tell us that hold us back from achieving the things we are striving for? What do you tell yourself, buddy, that you think hold, that, that, that holds you back from achieving greatness? Whatever the hell that means. <laughs> right. Yeah. yeah. That's definitely a subjective term. Yeah. Um, what do I talk? Interesting enough. Um, it's something that I don't feel I'm struggling with near as much as I, I had been previously. Mm-hmm. Uh, but something my son is struggling with, okay. um, which is lack of self-worth. Just overall, just that's a huge one. Yeah. Like I'm not entitled to, you know, I'm not good enough. I'm not smart enough. I'm not fast enough. Um, do you think he's going through a phase in life where that's prevalent or is it something that, that he watched you struggle with or is it something that uh, he just developed on his own? Um, I So I guess it's, it's kind of interesting. It's, it's definitely something that he's struggled with from time to time. Uh, my wife and I were actually talking about this earlier today um, where she definitely focuses on the, the feeling side of things. And I try to focus on the thinking side of things with him. So, um, I don't want to sound unrealistic, but I don't think that's a precedent that I set forth with him. Cause we've been, I've been very open and honest with the things that I've struggled with, um, and the things that I'm trying to help him navigate. Uh, but it's gotten much worse since the initial shutdown and him not going to school and not being able to play team sports and stuff. And so his, his group of friends is, is naturally gotten smaller because he's no longer having that daily social interaction. And if he's not getting along with one kid, there's other kids to kind of hang out with. And since parents have a, a wide variety or, or a broad perspective on what's acceptable, and not acceptable going through COVID, um, that, group of friends that he has the opportunity to interact with got very small and very tight. Mm -hmm. Um, And when those relationships aren't working well for him or he's struggling with them, I think it only amplifies that, you know, so it, you know, it's kind of like we're talking about test scores earlier, you know, instead of having 20 friends and maybe not getting along with two or three of them where it's not that big of a deal, Mm -hmm. when you have four or five friends you can hang out with and you're not getting along with two of them, it seems like the end of the world. Sure. Like half of your social networks been annihilated Mm -hmm. and trying to internalize that. And and as as young kids, I remember I was an asshole as a kid. Um, (laughs) I don't think much has changed, but you know, just as soon as you, 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 you see weakness in another kid, you mm-hmm. exploit it, right? Sure. You, you lean, you put pressure on whatever that is. Um, you know, if it, you throw like a girl or whatever it is, you know, you can't kick a ball or you suck at this video game. Mm-hmm. Um, you apply pressure, you know, partially out of fun. And, and I'm sure there's a, some other self-serving aspects of it. So, um, yeah, lack of self-worth, um, confidence, you know, it's, it's something you and I have talked about of just, Mm-hmm. You know, uh, like professionally, I'm, I'm constantly, you know, struggling to be comfortable with what it is that I'm doing and producing, you know, without getting affirmation from others. Mm-hmm. So I guess the short answer to your question, right, is is self-worth and, and, and confidence in the things that I'm doing. 
Awesome. I know I put you on the spot there, which you love <laughs> anyways. Um, some of the things that, that I think we, we want to cover uh, during this hour or so chat about limiting beliefs is um, I think there's kind of a few different ways that this comes at us that, that we learn these limiting beliefs. Um, I don't know that that we're innately born with them. I mean, if you watch, you watch kids, uh, well, your son specifically, but he's, he's at an older age now where this stuff starting to creep into his life life. But think about when he was four and five and six and how different it was. Um, and just interestingly enough, um, I was driving out of the uh, park yesterday after a bike ride and there's two kids. I'm going to say they're like seven or so on the side of the road. Uh, and it's this random spot near the the checkout, the the ranger station there that you get the toll booth, whatever the fuck yeah. you call it. Uh, they're standing there like no reason for them to be there. They're just standing on the side of the road and I'm watching them do stuff at every car that goes past. And so finally, when it was my time to, to pass them, they're just like looking at me and smiling and doing the like fist pump thing. And I'm like, fuck yeah. <laughs> like, I don't know why you're so goddamn happy, but you are. And you're just like showing your joy at every car that passes, you know, and yeah. it's not like we have truck horns or anything to do, you know, with like the normal thing. It was just like, it was a kid interaction with every adult that drove by there. And and it like really was like a, a, a magic moment as I drove out of the park and it just put me on an even bigger high than, than for the ride. Cause I was like, those kids don't have any of the pressures of life. They haven't learned not to be stupid, not to like, why the fuck are you doing that? Like, like don't wave at strangers. Don't do like whatever their upbringing was and whatever found them in that spot on the side of the road, they were, they were consciously standing there having fun. And, and so like life hadn't got to them yet. And, and so part of one of the things that, that I think with, with, uh, limiting beliefs where they creep in is there's family dynamics there's internal dialogue, you know, that, that may not come from your family, but that somehow found this little, um, wormhole in your head and, and buried itself in there. And you tell yourself all the things that, that I'm sure you're going to share too. And then also social influence, societal influences, things that limiting beliefs that are, that are telling us out there, um, whether you want to call it on politics, whether, you know, you can't achieve this because of your race, race, your, uh, ethnicity, your sex, your sexual orientation. you like a lot of things that are being programmed very heavily into us by a, uh, a media that's bent on, um, fucking us up for better lack of a term. I can't really attribute it to a broader nefarious thing. Then they just don't fucking care. And so you're fed a narrative all the time of, of all these things from family, sometimes from society. And then, uh, I think probably the one that's, that's feeding us the most is us. Yeah, no, absolutely. I think it's, you know, and I think regarding your comment about the media, there are for profit organizations and how do they profit by capturing your attention? Right. And if anyone that I've known has watched NASCAR, what do you watch it for? You watch it for the wrecks, <laughs> right? You watch it for when the shit goes wrong. Now yeah. it goes right. Right. Is that the very small subset of the population, right? Unless it's your driver, you're hoping that guy gets fucking destroyed. 
right? And and I remember growing up, my dad and all his buddies, they'd have NASCAR parties every weekend, right? And if if it wasn't their guy at first, it was, oh, I can't wait for him to wreck and this and that. And everyone would, you if know. you ain't first, you're last. <laughs> yeah, right? <laughs> you know? And so it's the same thing with the media, right? It's just it, by any means necessary, we're going to capture your attention. Mm-hmm. And it's these polarizing topics that will get us to stop and whatever it is that we're doing, mm-hmm. capture our attention. That's why you have these wild headlines, you know, that, that say and claim these crazy things, you know, and then also to the, you know, the marketing of how, you know, people should present themselves and what their physical appearance should be, you know, instead of people having the conversations with themselves to define their own self-worth and focus on the things that they want and part of their life and what's important to them. We all fall victim. I shouldn't say we all, but I know I do at times where I'm, I'm looking to others for what should be good for me. Sure. Um, and I never end up finding happiness in that very rarely, mm-hmm. if at all. So that's one of the the things that would be an internal dialogue for you then is, is you kind of touched on it a little earlier and something that sounds like your, your son's starting to struggle with as well is I'm not good enough. I'm not deserving. Um, uh, I don't deserve to succeed. Um, there's a huge one out there that, that a lot of people always talk about in businesses and especially when you're getting into creative endeavors and they call it imposter syndrome. You know, anybody that's done any type of listening to podcasts of, of any type of self-help and shit like that, um, definitely is going to understand that, that imposter syndrome. Um, I feel that quite regularly, um, in starting the other side of this podcast, this podcast is for those of you out there new joining this, this is a bigger collective experience that we're, we're growing Corey and I, uh, I'm throwing you in that because you are, uh, you own a drone now and you're going to help, help me build this like <laughs> conglomeration. Um, remedy podcast exists as part of remedy creative that exists as part of remedy syndicate, which also exists as part of remedy outdoors with an S and, uh, but really is if that sounds like a, like a fucking prestige worldwide moment right there. Um, yeah, it is. <laughs> oh, yeah. Uh, We're going to the Catalano. Oh, fuck, yeah. <laughs> uh, security, black leather gloves. Yep. Uh, yeah. We're, we're trying to, to create something bigger than just this podcast and the podcast is one piece of it. But as we, we do stuff in here, um, I'm feeling it right now because on the, on the remedy creative side, I'm trying to push myself to, um, become much more experienced and, and better and, and professional at photography and video. And in doing that, that stuff starts to creep in. I start, uh, the comparison game starts coming in huge. So it's kind of a, a two prong thing. I have, uh, an internal dialogue telling me, uh, you know, I'm on a high, I go out there, I shoot some, some pictures. I'm having fun, do it. I, I come back. I start looking through and I'm like, Oh, I fucked that one up. Oh, that one's out of focus. Oh, that's, I, j- I just not pulling off what I hope to creatively. And so I tell start telling myself that I, I'm not worthy of this business that I'm trying to create. And then on the flip side of it, I'm also compare comparing because I'm trying to post regularly to Instagram on the remedy creative side and, and, well, probably what I need to do is start fucking whittle that down, but I'm using other people as creative inspiration. I, I'm learning. So I'm, I'm doing that. And, and my wife, Liz actually pointed out the other day, probably wouldn't do you really well to follow tons of photographers. And she was right because now I'm starting looking like, Oh shit, my pictures look like shit compared to that guy's. And Oh man, this guy, um, shooting out at our local spot did such a better job in this location. And so I have like two things going on right there. I have societal pressures that aren't intended to be societal pressures. Those people aren't doing it on purpose. They're just doing their thing and putting their, their content out there. But I'm now using that to feed my internal dialogue of, 
Uh, what right do you have to start this business? Who are you to try to film anybody doing anything? Um, maybe you should just sell all your shit and, and go away, which is kind of why I hide just behind buying gear. <laughs> I just buy the gear and then uh, never create anything with it. Oh, we're changing that, right? Yeah. Uh, this pod, this podcast is a manifestation of that, right? It's, sure. It's a, it's a commitment to ourselves. It's a commitment yeah. to the process. Yeah. It's we're a, six episodes in now. This is our sixth episode. Like that's a big milestone for us to, to break five. You yeah. know, it's not an insignificant thing to sit here and, and record these and, and you're editing them and pushing them out there and all that stuff. And so we're, we're doing that work. I look at this as this is a slow grind process this is the the like foundational work for the bigger thing and sometimes the shinier thing those those other artistic pursuits are like almost like an instant gratification you know i take a picture i post it it gets a few likes or doesn't and then i move on but this thing is just going to be that constant uh intellectual endeavor as well that's going to force us to think and and grow and and discuss some things and confront some things as we move through it too yeah and i think there's two things I want to touch on. One is, is the interesting aspect of this podcast is, um, at least for me myself, I'm not coming to this podcast with solutions to these problems and trying to present those to people of, aha, I have figured it out. This is what to do. Mm-hmm. Um, this is like a, a real life thought experiment that I'm including myself in and therapy, as you put it, sitting on my yeah. therapist couch. Oh yeah. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> you know, I don't feel as bad when you're not sitting in the high back chair, you know? Oh, that's right. Like we're having a conversation. You should have had glasses on last time. Oh, we definitely should have recorded that. Um, <laughs> But no, the other part is that I want to ask you, because when you started describing, you know, what your perception was of your photography results comparatively to other people locally kind of doing something similar, mm-hmm. your your inner dialogue was immediately negative. Mm-hmm. You characterize it as just being bad, mm-hmm. um, which is which is interesting, right? Because how do you stop yourself from falling victim to that instead of looking for that as an inspiration of, Ooh, that's a really interesting angle. Oh, I've seen that same spot, but I've never saw it as is that type of, you know, um, opportunity to take a picture of someone or what have you. Right. Uh, I don't want to talk out of school here cause I don't know much about photography, but instead of, you know, making it a negative thing, you know, what are, what are some things that you think you could or should be doing to make it a positive experience, you know, being able to draw from that? Yeah. Um, great question. I think for me, one of the things I try to do pretty quickly is also sell myself the story that I'm the baddest motherfucker alive sometimes. <laughs> uh, even though it's a little bit of a, like, um, that, that foghorn langhorn, that, that little, I'm a chicken hawk and you're a chicken, that little yeah. fucker walking around, you know, like, um, it's, that might have been before your time too. No, uh, I know exactly what you're talking about. All right. I love that yeah. little dude. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He, he, he is. He's, I'm a chicken hawk and you're a chicken. And he was just yep. little and he'd like thrash that dude, right? Yep. Um, I think I told you the other day when I, when I was saying or I said it to somebody, I, what I have to keep reminding myself is I was the best photographer present at that moment that had a camera. We had that conversation. Yeah. And so I just have to keep reminding myself. Nobody else went out there with a camera at that point in time. and did what I did, whether it's good or bad. And and this is the tough part about an artistic endeavor. There isn't any uh, objective 
quantification of whether art is good or not, because you can look at a piece of art and go, that is the most fantastic thing I've ever seen. I could look at it and go, I wouldn't fucking spend the money to burn that. Like I wouldn't want to waste gas trying to light it on fire. It's so bad. So when it comes to artistic endeavors, it's really tough. And that's where it's hard. Um, as a, I going to heavy air quotes here, uh, artist to create things like that, because I think, as an artist, you're hardest on yourself. I'm also looking at certain things and I'm trying not to look at like, uh, I, I'm trying to get better at composition. So I'm trying to look at things that I find are pleasing and, and seeing why is that so, so I can take better pictures that please a bigger audience. But I'm also trying to really focus on the technical side of things. Why am I, why am I messing up so many shots when it comes to like the technical, like my, I didn't get the focus, right? I didn't get this. I, the, the lighting wasn't correct. Cause I stood in the wrong place. So I'm trying to improve those things, which will improve the professional quality of that. And then on the editing side, I've made a really hard rule for myself that I'm going to try to take pictures that require the minimal amount of post-processing on it too. And I'm looking at people's work and seeing what they're doing to take naturally pleasing pictures that aren't heavily digitally manipulated. And that comes from a time thing. I don't have the time um, and I don't want to dedicate the time to spending 45 minutes to an hour per photo to post on Instagram that someone's going to look at a, at a, a phone screen that's two inches by two inches. Um, so I have to be really careful about not getting bogged down into those details and I'm trying to do better. The other thing that I, I have to remind myself too is um, the way that I view the world sometimes. One of the pictures I posted, um, I just happened to be able to go shoot a, a fire near my house, a house that was on fire. Um, and I grabbed some amazing pictures because I was in the right place at the right time. Um, I've gone through, I've weeded, weeded it out from like 400 pictures to, I think I'm under a hundred now. And I just keep going. Every time I open that, that file, I look at it and I, and I change my mind and look at it more subjectively and, and more critical and go, there are some things in there that I'm like, Ooh, that's nice. But then I look for, for smaller things and say, um, that's, that's not, that's not a professional quality thing. And I'm looking at it, not from a harsh view of myself, but just from, you know, I don't need to post a thousand pictures and I don't need to hold on to a thousand pictures there. So how is going through that process benefiting or hindering you from accomplishing your goal and maintaining a, a positive perspective of yourself? It, it helps, it helps distance me emotionally from, um, by being more critical of my own work and deciding what, what should even see the light of day, I'm, I'm doing a better job of, um, distancing myself from the emotion of whether I get likes or not once it's actually posted. Because if I decided I liked something, then I'm just standing on my own two feet and going, I like that enough to post it. And if not another single person does, uh, I don't really fucking care at that point. And then one of the interesting side conversations that, that I had with Liz was I posted a picture and I said something about, I'm still working on, on editing skills, but I really wanted to maintain the emotion that the way the light was catching this firefighter's face to me was very striking. And it, and I could see a certain thing within it. And, and I wanted to make sure that as I manipulated that photo a little bit, I didn't destroy that. Um, because there are some aesthetics that if I was striving to be like a lot of other people on Instagram, I would have destroyed the quality of that photo that really spoke to me. So I tried to make sure that I preserved it. But in the caption that I put, I talked about editing and then she actually brought it up to me. Like you, you kind of keep posting stuff and you're kind of being critical of yourself in your posts. And I was like, but I'm not because 
I'm not critical of myself on those areas. When I posted it, I'm what I'm trying to be is authentic. And I'm trying to show people that I'm not perfect. And I'm not trying to portray myself as a perfect Instagram photographer right now. I want to show the work that is going in to get better every time. So then would that be a, uh, a social expectation that's unspoken that in order for you to post a photograph as a or big air quotes, right? Photographer mm-hmm. that it has to be at a certain level, right? Because you're, you're, you're prefacing it in your comments. Cause I've seen the mm-hmm. same thing mm-hmm. in the, or in the subject of the post, right? Right. You, you're prefacing why this might not be good or why it's not where you may want things to be mm-hmm. when I think a lot of people would, would argue that it's, it's a great photo. I know exactly the photo that you're talking about, you mm-hmm. know, as far as, you know, look like my, maybe a captain talking to a couple of those guys mm-hmm. between the two engines. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, so it's, so it's interesting, right? Because you, you set what sounds like very healthy, you know, analytical metrics or uh, technical objectives that you set forth for yourself and your, in your shooting and editing process to allow you to feel, feel small wins, like, you know, making success throughout the process, you know, and, um, but then on the other hand, when you are sharing that success, mm-hmm. you're prefacing why it's not part of the bigger success. Right. Mm-hmm. So I, I'm, it's interesting, right? Because yeah. you're, you're like, I'm doing good until I get to this point. And then when I put it out there, I also know that I'm not good. So by the way, don't judge me for not being great. <laughs> it's super interesting <laughs> that I've had two people tell me that now, um, because that's not how I feel when I'm posting it. Cause like I said, I was the best photographer there with a camera because I was the only damn one. Yeah, and, uh, but it's 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 the way it's written. Yeah. So it, I either I need to be more aware. So this is this is where a human human psyche gets really interesting. Either I need to be aware of what I'm subconsciously projecting onto that based on my own beliefs that I, I'm not even aware that I'm manifesting, or the two people that have brought this up to me. Um, also are of that type of mindset where they are projecting what they would feel in that same thing. They're like, are you reading something into it that isn't there? Or am I actually projecting that? Well, it's funny. I can speak for myself since I'm one of those two people. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> I actually, it, it, it strikes me as unusual for a person that is uh, type A as yourself, right? Of You know, when you come back to your point of selling yourself that you're the baddest motherfucker is. Mm-hmm. I'm like, I find it really interesting that he would communicate some form of insecurity or self-criticism mm-hmm. while sharing an awesome photo. Like a photo that clearly shows that there's been a massive progression, you know, just from the, you know, the photographs and things I've the content I've seen you produce and, mm-hmm. and knowing the time effort you're putting into it. Um, I guess for those that maybe are, are close to you and that are paying attention, mm-hmm. um, you know, there's, there's nonverbal, um, metrics of progression that are mm-hmm. taking place in the, in, in development. Um, so then when you, you caption that, I, I think it stands out like it, it detracts from yeah. to the key and I of like, okay, well, that's interesting. Like I can see a passerby going like, Oh yeah, like that's cool. It's a cool photo. And the guy's working on being better, mm-hmm. you know, yeah. um, to me, it just, it, you know, strikes me as interesting. It's like, well, <laughs> I think, I think it's interesting to have to sit here and think about it because this is exactly one of those, those, things that, that could be manifesting itself is, is that, you know, at the end of the day, 
I'm trying to be transparent in my, in my progress and in my work. And I'm trying to add a little bit of humility in there too. And I'm also trying to bring a little bit of humanity to a platform that only shows all the goods that we've talked about this on this podcast before about what social media does and it only shows the good stuff. And so if I post a picture that's blurry or, or something that I want people to understand that, um, it's like super interesting as I sit here and think about it, like, uh, I don't want it to be so carefully curated, even though I'm actually curating the shit that, that I'm trying to be human within the thing and, and show my own vulnerabilities, uh, as a person that is learning and growing, but also saying, but I still have the audacity to post it too. So there's a lot of subtext in, in that whole thing too, that, I know that's going on, but I could totally see where both you and Liz come to that conclusion. And, and I'm actually not saying that you're wrong in, in that thing as I'm writing it. And as I'm, as I'm dealing with you two know me pretty well. And, and you're like, yeah, that's a little off character for you to do that. And so maybe it is, it is one of those things that he's in, even as I'm posting it, you know, there's a lot of trepidation in starting new endeavors and, and getting into places that are unfamiliar and, and learning from people that are better than you. Obviously there's always going to be comparisons within that. And, um, I guess it's simple. Let me try to say it this way. Cause I'm, I'm tr- really trying to think about it. Right. And, and I don't, I don't read into it this far, but I think in a, in a very generic way of it, it's, it's like the fat kid, such as myself Mm -hmm. making the first fat kid joke. Sure. Like, like, Hey, I'm going to take your power away from me by criticizing myself. I'm going to show you that, that, Hey, I I, I can take it on the chin. And Mm -hmm. therefore anything you have to say to me doesn't really mean anything. Right. It's a defense mechanism. Yeah. Being self deprecating and humor is always the thing. And, and I think we've even talked about this before. That's something I learned as a kid too. Like you can't make fun of me more than I make fun of myself. And right. if I put the first one out there, then it takes it all away. So that very well could be a yeah, if I say, hey, mechanism. I'm not a perfect photographer. Yeah. So please, you know, mm-hmm. any criticism you give me like, duh, I already told you I'm not perfect. Sure. Uh, Cause I think the hard part too, is a couple of the first pictures that I put out there were from people that I don't know really well. And they were just happy to have some pictures of them because we all went out together to shoot. And so the accolades kind of came pretty quick was like, Oh, great edit. Great list. And the great that I'm like, is it, are you just happy that I took the damn picture, you know? So, uh, and then also, you know, kind of circling back to some family dynamics too. My parents bless their hearts. They're amazing people, but, uh, I don't ever get any critique from my mom. <laughs> like I could, I could smear dog shit on a piece of paper and hang it on a wall. And everybody would be like, it smells, it's terrible. You like, you can't even draw, even though you drew a dog shit. And she'd be like, it's great. I'm going to hang it on the fridge. <laughs> like this, we'll put this right in the kitchen. And, uh, you know, like having a family dynamic like that, where, where you're the greatest, you're the best, you're the smartest, you're the most talented and stuff. Or I damn well know I'm not at, at a lot of things by a lot of measures as well. But, um, I, on the one hand, I really appreciate it. I appreciate that, that belief, but, um, at what point do you then start questioning like, okay, that's a false reality there. And then on the flip side, I'm sure there's uh, not my personal experience, but I know there's a lot of family members out there that are, um, the opposite. Um, and, and I would say to some extent, one of my grandmothers was, was that way. It was like, what right do you have to do that? She did never do it to me because I was her favorite. I was the first grandchild, but like, I know that, that at times she was like, she could have that attitude of, you know, well, that's a stupid idea or, or why would you believe that that could happen? So like when it comes to family dynamics, what's your personal experience as far as like 
the limiting beliefs that your family either uh, helped create within you or um, didn't. Definitely created. Um, so my my dad was a black sheep out of his brothers. Um, and then my mom was kind of like the black sheep out of her sisters. Uh-huh. They were the black sheep couple. Like they were the people that always kind of did their own thing. You know, they didn't really fall into like the norm. My parents had never, they still don't have a good relationship. I mean, I think it, I think it might be the best it's ever been with um, each other. Yeah. With each other. Uh-huh. Uh, but it's not good. And then the dynamic with families shit. I mean, I think my dad's doing good with one of his brothers, but interpersonal relationships with them never went well. Um, and by everyone's standard and to some degree my own, I was the fuck up kid. Um, I was never like mean or malicious, but like just didn't do my schoolwork. You know, it was, it was the one thing. What's that? Do you have brothers and sisters? Um, Yeah. So for me, it was, you know, that was the only thing I was in control of. Like, I like, no, like you can't make me do this shit. And Mm -hmm. so like, I took a stand there, not the best stand to take when you're trying to do stuff in life, but I didn't really, you know, think beyond where I was at. So sure. You know, so yeah, no, it was always the, Hey, like pull your head out of your ass. You're never going to be anything conversation. I, that was reinforced by teachers, you know? So there was definitely a period in my life. And, you know, we talked about like my, my, uh, I think, yeah, my late teens to like 19 to 22 was like a three year stretch of who gives a shit. Yeah. Right. Everyone's right. Like right. I'm, I'm not happy. I'm not going to be anything. I don't want to be anything. Um, I dropped out of college to take a job. I didn't really care for that job or the relationships that came with it. Um, chick I was dating for like three years, uh, that relationship grenaded itself. And I kind of just like went into a tailspin. You know? So what do you think that, that your family helped limit you? Like what things were occurring in your life that, that your family was creating limiting. Oh, I mean, people in. literally just like screaming at you, like spitting in your face. Like you're a fucking piece of shit. You're a fuck up. You're never going to be anything like, Damn. You know, it, it gets old after a while, mm-hmm. you know, and that was my relationship with my dad. You know, did you start believing that at some point? Um, there was always a part of me who just kind of like wanted to prove everyone wrong. Mm-hmm. Um, but when, when I got the rug pulled out from underneath me, like things I was like that my relationship, you know, with that chick, like I didn't do anything to have a good relationship with her. But I was so I was very complacent. I didn't realize it, but I was very complacent in the things that I did. Um, so when they went away, I wasn't really expecting it because I wasn't paying attention to what was going on. Um, so when a few of those major things happened, you know, in my my young adult life, I was just kind of like, well, fuck. Like, this isn't fun. This has never been fun. It wasn't fun as a kid. It hasn't been fun as an adult. It's inconvenient as shit. So why try? Right. And then it, you know, so then it then it just regressed to what was fun. And fun was drinking with people that were at a point in their life, whether it was for a couple hours a night or if it was a lifestyle of just not giving a shit. Mm-hmm. And I found I fit right into that, you know, and no one was having the conversation. We weren't having these conversations. Sure. No one was talking about where are you trying to go? What you want to do? Everyone was kind of just doing their own thing, mm-hmm. you know, and we would, you know, kind of ebb and flow. We just come and go, um, you know, throughout the week, you know, in each other's lives. And I did that for probably like two and a half years. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, and that was, that was pretty interesting until, um, a good friend of mine, you know, was like, Hey dude, like you can't keep going down this road. Like you need to pull your head out of your ass and, mm-hmm. and I'm not going to sit back and watch this happen. Um, so that person helped change some of those limiting beliefs around then. 
Yeah, in the moment, I, w- I wasn't really too aware of it, um, but it it just it changed my directory or my trajectory just enough um, that a lot of important things happened in a very short period of time in my life mm-hmm. um, that basically forced me to take on life head on. And, and that one of those major things was I met my wife because of it. Um, and I had just gotten in a good enough situation that I think she was worth or I was worthy of her even talking to mm-hmm. um, had she met me a year prior when it had been a conversation. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's interesting that you put it that way because you're still the same person, right? Like I, sure you made lifestyle changes, but really at the end of the day, you, you are, who, you are who you are. You're not what I would consider a bad person at any point in your life, even though you're doing things that were self-destructive For sure. and harmful, but you're still, you're not evil. You're, you're not vindictive. You're not like you were self-destructive and stuff, but I, I've yeah. never really heard about any, any stories that you've told that were like, you were, you were no, abusive I've, towards people no, emotionally no. or, or anything no, like you were abusive to yourself. For but, sure. So for you to describe approval. Yeah. You know, so but for you to describe that, that a year prior to this, you wouldn't have been worthy of your wife even talking to you. That's pretty interesting that, that you view yourself in that light in that, that period of time. Yeah. And I don't know if it's the best way to characterize it, but I, I don't, I'm not saying it's bad or it's no, good. No, no. It's just indicative of where, where you were at that point in life. So, so if, if you believed that about yourself a year prior to that, what, what hope would you have had during that time in your life? You see what I'm saying? Yeah. Well, I didn't, I didn't really have any hope. I just, so I'd recognized that the plane was flying into the ground mm-hmm. and I just started pulling back on the stick. All right. You know? And so not that I was, you know, out of danger at that point, mm-hmm. uh, but I was aware that, Hey, like some of this stuff's not good for me. Sure. You know? And so that's, that's the point that I was making, you know, there'd be a, a difference between just, you know, going and you know, blacked out drunk at the bar yeah. versus, Hey, I'm actually there making money, you know, I'm going back to school right. and having different social interactions with people. All right. You know, so instead of being, being the guy, that's the problem. I was actually the guy, you know, dealing with the problems. Nice. Um, so that, that's what I mean as far as, you know, a year prior would have been much a different, different interaction. Mm-hmm. So based on that family dynamic, what do you think some of these internal dialogues that you developed during that time, what are they? Like, what are, what were you telling yourself? What are you sometimes still? Cause I know like this is all, this is a lifelong work in progress. We talk about this all the time on this podcast. This isn't like, Oh, look, I figured this out. And I took um, three good days to think about that and tell myself I'm better. And, uh, and then I'm just a fucking different person, right? Like I'll I'll throw something out that I know you're going through. You and I did 75 hard together. We both lost weight. We both gained some weight back. Um, once we got off that program, because we had a, we had a goal, we had an achievement, we had something to strive for. We were all very proud that we did this. And, and yet the effects of going through that program didn't seem to be long lasting and sticking because 75 days of, of a very hard regimented challenge was still not enough for both you and I, I'll throw myself under the same bus for you and I to go, we completely turned this thing around. And I heard a saying long, long time. If you're wondering why there's an awkward pause in this whole thing, we just had a technical glitch here. Uh, the app that we use to record this decided that it didn't like what we were saying and just shut us off. So it's going to, it's going to feel a little disjointed here for one second. We're going to just try to keep on with the same train of thought, but we looked down and realized it wasn't recording any longer. And so it kicked us off and said, go fuck yourself. Yeah. And if you hear this, that means I suck at editing and I couldn't make it go away. 
Oh, the the. I'm gonna make the pause go away. Okay, because you're gonna talk about the aircraft carrier. Analogy. Sure, but there's no way I'm just be like I was on such a roll. I'm just kidding. Yeah, we'll do the aircraft carrier analogy. Um, <laughs> what we were talking about is really why we uh, collectively, um, but. I posed the question to Corey, why he wasn't able to make the life changes to just continue on with the trajectory it set for himself with the 75 heart challenge. And what I kind of threw out there was that I think it's the nature of a challenge. When you set a challenge for yourself and you achieve it, then what, unless you're, if it, if you were already doing the things within the challenge, then it wouldn't be a challenge. You'd look at that and go, the 75 hard challenge. Um, well, I do most everything in it. That's why Liz didn't join us in it. She already did all that shit. <laughs> like, uh, she didn't work out twice a day, but she actually works out harder than, than all of us combined. So it would, in some instances have almost been a step backwards for her to do that. And she looked at it. I'm sure lots and lots of people look out there and go, my daily routine is actually more of a challenge than what you're set up there for. Um, but a lot of the people that I know that are, that are doing it and yourself included needed that motivation and needed that push and needed that thing, that carrot dangling out there. I think the, the struggle within it though, is once you get the carrot, once you have it, you've done it, and you're like, yay, then what? Did you make, were the changes life-altering enough for you to just continue forward? And I think in both of our cases, in some instances, yes. I know that there are plenty of positive things that we took away from that um, and, and have continued on. But some yeah, of the definitely. things that, that you you really wanted to with, with eating habits and exercise habits kind of fell by the wayside because then all of those limiting beliefs we have that are, you tell yourself that your family tells you, um, and I'll say just like in that context, like you and your wife weren't eating the way, the same way you should have, you know, some of the things you told me. So it's like not society, not family pressure she was putting on you. It's just the family pressures you were able to set aside for 75 days that now it's like, well, the challenge is over over what is the point in, in adhering to uh, a workout routine or a eating routine or, and or the both of them. Yeah. I, you know, definitely did not mean the same or the same level of uh, momentum I had while on the, the program. And, you know, I, it, it's hard because I think Andy Frisella tries to do his best to let everyone know this isn't a challenge. Right. And I think it definitely, it's designed to be a lifestyle program, and that's why it has the Live Hard program. Um, I think, I think the way it's marketed is designed to the fact that it's it's more digestible to think, okay, a seventy five day commitment versus a twelve month commitment uh, through these various challenges. One of the frustrating things is is that I knew I knew when I did not continue on with the program as intended that there was a high likelihood that I would revert back to the habits that I was desperately trying to break. Um, you mean rolling right into phase one, which is an additional 30 days of the same program plus some additional tests? Well, not even just rolling right into it because there's no like structure behind that, right? But as far as um, thinking that I could that I could still benefit from the program without abiding by the program, right? That I'd learned enough along the way. I'd made enough changes for a long enough period of time. And I, I became complacent in my actions because if I was really 
critical of myself and thinking through what I'd done versus the decades of decision making that I had up until that point, you know, I, I would have realized that, you know, 75 days to make this transition, whereas I'm trying to break 20 years worth of bad habits. Uh, the likelihood of, of seeing that correction in my life, you know, consistently was not going to be something that was probably going to go well. That was going to continue to require me to, you know, replace those old habits. Um, I think something that we struggle with in Western society, in Western modern society, I should say, is we we have kind of moved away from any long term lifelong endeavors. And I say that with like uh, most people don't pursue any type of martial arts. That would be a lifelong pursuit of continuing um, improvement. Like. If you're if you're deep into a martial art, you never attain top level Cobra Kai dragon status, you know, like that you just keep going and, and perfecting and getting better. Or um, I think about um, blacksmiths. Uh, I don't know why it's all like Asian influence here, uh, but like a, a master sword maker that is continually lifelong uh, uh, doing that. But just even to apprentice under somebody like that and learn that craft would take you years just to learn how to even light the forge. And, and do certain things. If you study those cultures, um, and even in our own culture, not that long ago, if you wanted to be a wagon wheel maker, it wasn't like, oh, you took a, a week long course and then suddenly you're like building wagons and shit. So now we've moved away from that and we've moved to really an instant gratification kind of society and, and everybody believing that they can be good enough, fast enough back to my, I'm going to be a professional photographer in a week of, of shooting and shit. Um, instead of this is a lifelong pursuit for me of perfecting this craft. That's a hard concept for me to grasp. And so because we don't have a really good grasp on that, we we both believe that we could turn, like you exactly said, you could turn a lifetime of poor health choices around in 75 days. Just the same as somebody looks at uh, a blacksmith that is a high level blacksmith and goes, yeah, I could fucking do that. Give me, give me an anvil and a hammer and I'll start banging on that metal and, and turn out Jesse James level, uh, choppers. I yeah. just, I've jumped such a shark. Right yeah. That, like <laughs> it, it, it at least happen. it all involves metal. Sure. Um, it's all, it's so super metal, <laughs> but, uh, but look at that. Like, you know, how rare is it for him as a craftsperson to, to continue doing what he's doing in the age of, um, yeah, you just program that shit into a computer and make it, you know? And so here we are over here on, on a different struggle, which is going to require the same level of dedication and, 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 um, commitment as, um, a martial art. Well, I think one of the mistakes that a lot of people make, and I, and I find myself making, and I'm striving not to continue to make this mistake, but focusing on an endpoint that there is a specific defined uh, destination. And then when I get there, it's just done. The journey's over. Um, like that, having a weight goal in mind. Yeah, when you break whatever goal, pounds, yeah. that's, I'm done. Yeah, that I've made it to this place. Um, I think that that's, you know, expecting affirmation, some type of um, praise or, you know, whatever it is, you know, an, an accolade for reaching a, a certain milestone in your life. I, th I think we would all be better served if we took a, a student's perspective on the things that we want to do. Um, and I know that out of all the things in my life that I want to change and be better at, um, I think I do best at that uh, of being self-aware and self-critical and mindful of the relationships that I have. Like I, I know that I will never be a great communicator. I will never be 
the best friend. I'll never be the best husband. I'll never be the best father. I accept those things, you know, because I don't think there is a best. You can always improve. And so I, I attack those things that are very important to me uh, with the mind of a student of just how can I learn from each experience instead of getting mired down in the in the I didn't. I didn't do what I wanted. I got a negative response in this situation instead of going, woe is me and reverting back to that negative self-talk and yep, everyone's right. I suck. You know, I go, fuck. Yeah. I'm going to make mistakes. I'm not perfect. I only have one kid. You know, I haven't been doing this for years. I didn't have a good example set forth by my parents. Um, I'm not using it as an excuse. It's part of my reality. And so I set, I think I'm doing a much better job in that aspect of my life of setting healthier expectations of myself. Um, and when I do have expectations of others, I try to do my best job to communicate those so it doesn't adversely affect a relationship or allow me to put pressure on a situation without the other person being aware of why is this so important? You know, why does he care so much? Why is he being so serious or what have you? Um, and that's that's been one of the biggest challenges with uh, internal dialogue is just. Am I entitled to even have that conversation with someone? Am I entitled to sit down and go, hey, man, like I, I have a problem with our relationship, you know, and to get my feelings out there that am I important enough to this other person? You know, is this relationship, you know, worthwhile? And I found great success and finding out that those people that just don't give a shit. Right. And that, you know, they didn't care to begin with. And maybe that kind of like validates some of the feelings I've had. But then I've gotten, you know, incredibly positive experiences, you know, from interacting. You and I have had those conversations of just like, holy crap, like that feels good. Someone else cares. Someone else spent time listening, you know, um, and that just like 75 hard builds momentum. But if you don't maintain those things, you're, you know, you're going to lose them. So that's, I think that's one of the best um, ways I can describe like how I'm working through that, you know, that internal dialogue and constantly combating it. And this podcast is a, is a great exercise in that, you know, I'm committed to this process every couple of weeks talking about difficult things, you know, we're pulling from our own personal experiences. Um, so we have to, you know, we have to be vulnerable. We have to be humble. We have to be aware. Uh, and it requires us to have a certain level of uh, introspective or What's the word for that? Introspective. Introspective. Yeah. Um, yeah. You know, or and, perspective. I don't know. Yeah. A lot of know. Pers- <laughs> There's a word that says what I'm trying to say. Um, <laughs> and, you know, but, you know, being able to, to do that and then all the thoughts that come after recording one of these podcasts and then the conversations with people about the podcast, you know, cause that's been very interesting for me and people are like, yeah, yeah. I heard you talking about, you know, this and that. And it's like one, like shit, you listen. Okay. I need to pay attention to what I say. People are listening. Um, you know, it's going from there. So I don't know. It never ends. And I'm okay with that. And I think that's probably been the, the best thing for me is self-advocating, you know, in regards to relationships and communication. Yeah, I think it's super important. Um, so much of what we do in life is really predicated on what we believe and what we tell ourselves. Um, you know, I, I have conversations with my wife. I have conversations with friends, I have conversations with you, not that you're not a friend you're at the higher, higher end of that friend category, but we're all different. And I think sometimes we sit here and believe that everybody views the world the same as we do. I know that we do that. That's why there's so much conflict a lot of times. And then once we're faced with the realization that, that people are different, um, some of the things that I struggle with, you don't. And some of the things that you struggle with, I don't. And some of the things that Liz struggles with, I don't. And, and that can create a lot of conflict within our relationship because 
I'm not struggling with the same things that she is. And so I, I struggle with why she's struggling with it. And because her limiting beliefs aren't the same as mine. And then yet my limiting beliefs, uh, and sometimes some of the things that she says probably strike a nerve within that. It, it, it speaks towards that, um, insecurity that I may not even know that I have as evidenced by earlier in this conversation, when we were talking about the, the captions I'm putting on my pictures where probably self-consciously as, as I'm sitting here trying to say, that's not what's happening. I'm probably realizing, uh, now I am realizing that I am manifesting something within there. And while I'm doing it under the guise of I'm trying to be humble, I'm trying to be transparent. I'm trying to just show the process and stuff and fight back a little bit against that. What I'm probably also do is also doing is bringing to light a little bit of that imposter syndrome of, uh, you know, here I have a little channel and I post some cute little art pictures that I've, that I've taken and, and do stuff like that. And, um, how, how dare I stand on the world stage of, um, photography and, and whatnot. And so when Liz may say something that, that, um, strikes a nerve in there, I think my response is usually pretty pretty abrupt and pretty, um, like, uh, hurt and guarded and, um, you know, uh, provocative back because I'm in kind of a, uh, fire flight. Yeah. I'm like feeling like I'm up on the ropes when in reality, that's not what's happening. It's, but my own little internal brain is sitting here probably cycling through that stuff a lot. It's a, it's a very interesting space to be. Um, and it, and it's, I think what holds a lot of people back, um, I think it's, 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 um, it's why a lot of people can't achieve the greatness that they're striving for in, in whatever endeavor it is, whether it's a business you're trying to start the business that you're currently in your work, your relationships, your personal health, your finances, whatever it is, there's so many of these limiting beliefs that, that constant just take money, for example, and people's relationship with it. Um, everybody comes at that differently and, and, uh, and some people struggle with it and some people don't. Um, and, and yet that comes from, uh, family pressures and family, how you grew up, how your family grew up around money, how, what, what your parents' relationship was with money was what you observed of them having with money. And, and where does that, where does that leave you on the spectrum? Either you struggle with it or you kind of sometimes like for me personally, I kind of like overcompensate and go the other way and go like, I make good money. I, I enjoy a, a nice, nice lifestyle. And you can fucking look around just this room and see, see the results of it. There's more shit in here than, than any human being should have. Um, and yet I do that and, and I'm comfortable with it. And, but that's still some of my limiting beliefs. That's still, um, well, hell I said it earlier, just the joke about, I like buying equipment, but I don't like using it. You know, that's, that's where the work comes in. That's where the, that's where I open myself up to criticism. If I buy the best cameras on the market, which I have, and they are sitting in this house, that's easy. I can do that. And I've taken that off. And, and I, and in some instances I've taken away my excuses, but the actual act of going out and using them to create, that's frightening. That's well, you're very, it's, it's funny because everyone struggles with different things. Right. And you, you made a really good point earlier when you talk about things being great. Right. Um, because, you know, I think that the, the point that you were highlighting between uh, your, your conversations with Liz and, and her perceived criticism of you, um, you know, and then your, your response to that, you know, those are the types of interactions that if you don't learn 
how when to fight and and when to run or when to just listen, right? Um, know when to hold them and know when to fold them. Yeah, that kind of as thing, a wise right? man once said. Um, God rest you know, his soul. It prevents relationships from going from good to great. You know, and, and me and my wife have been able to do that. And anytime that I feel that need to just stand my, like when I want to like, you know, plant my flag and like, I'm going to fucking die on this hill. Like, I don't give a shit what that looks like. Mm-hmm. I go, hold on. I'm not going to war with her. So why am I wanting to plant my flag? Like, hold, like we coexist in this world. So if I'm fighting you, then I'm now fighting everyone in my life. And that's not fucking right. So it's like, okay, put your fucking flag away, stupid. And just shut up and listen. Why are you, why are you feeling this way? And self-evaluate mm-hmm. before you put your foot in your mouth. Because I'm really good at like planting my flag. And I don't give a shit. If I blow up everything around me and I'm stuck on an island, I'm going to die because I have no food or water after the fact that I'm, I got everyone away from me and I'm safe until I die because I'm an idiot. Mm-hmm. Right. Um, but then I think, you know, you talking about purchasing gear and things like that. It's it, it's interesting because while other people will struggle with the financial commitment of of purchasing those things and they'll try to find value and success in, in other aspects, um, you've found great success in, in comfort and spending the money, but then actually utilizing the tools. That's where, you know, the struggle and that self-doubt comes into play. And if you don't use them, then you can't be blamed. But if you ever decided to use it, you're entitled to do it because you've made this financial commitment and you get stuck in this limbo. Right. Mm-hmm. And so it's, it's interesting because, you know, with, with what it is that you're doing with remedy creative is, forcing yourself out of that comfort level and exposing you to a multitude of things. Cause it's not just your own self perspective. It's how are other people, other professionals going to perceive you potential clients, right? You know, just peers, things like that. And so you're in this very dynamic place and vulnerable, susceptible to those things. So it's, I think it's very good and healthy that you've set parameters for yourself to define what success is going to be like. Cause if, I think if you lose track of that, you're going to be victim to what is, what does society think of you? Well, I'll also just be a 46 year old version of your son, you know, because I go out there now and I get, I get the same frustration. And in some instances, we'd never have grown up past his level of, I can't do this. This is too hard. I'm frustrated. I've, I've been ridden with you and him. And I know what that looks like when he crashed and he was all upset over crashing and embarrassed and all these different things. I'm like, yeah, dude, I crash. <laughs> like, I feel the same thing. I've fallen down trying to get up something. But when it comes to something that's as new as this, um, the technical side of it, these cameras have a lot of shit going on in them. And I'm like trying to work my way through menus and this and that. And you just sit there and I feel that frustration come in. I, I, I literally am now picturing myself in his shoes of like, this is stupid. Why am I even out here shooting these pictures? They're not, they're, they're terrible and they're not coming out and the damn camera didn't turn on and this fucking thing. And, and then you just get frustrated. And so one of the things I've done to combat against that is, is break it down into manageable stuff. A lot of my personality um, is uh, like big picture thing and, and running head first into a lot of endeavors and then biting off way more than, than I could chew. And, and five of my friends that were helping me eat it could chew. Um, so I'm trying to set those limits for myself to push back against some of that. So when I go out on a shoot now, I'm not trying to shoot pictures, video, audio drone shots. And then also at a recent thing I just did also run a fucking event and sell shirts and shit there too. None of it could have happened. Like I I wasn't, wasn't capable of managing one single one of those events. Well, and, and yet 
I tried to do that. So the frustration from the day came from my own overextension. So now when I go out, I take cameras with the specific intent to capture pictures that day or pre-plan a video shoot because I want to shoot these things. Um, but even in that, I can find myself getting mired down and, and telling myself that I'm not worthy of that. I have a lot of video ideas that I want to create for this, this project that we're doing, for all the projects, I should say. And I have them on a list and, and some of them I haven't made a single step towards actually filming it because the, the fear of failing before I start and telling myself that, um, you know, nobody's going to like this video and this and this and this. And so there, these things creep in, even though they're, they're not super loud for me, they're still there. And there's still something that is impeding me from creating with all the fucking amazing gear that I own too. Like that's, that's a real challenge. And so I think what I can offer as a suggestion for anybody that, that this re, that is relating to this is just focusing on a small task. I went out with, with the intent to learn one of those cameras and the functions that I've watched YouTube videos at night on figuring out why am I not getting this focus? Why is this thing? Am I missing something in how these things work? I actually um, hired a professional to, to do a, <laughs> a, a course with me, a, a friend of mine, that's a professional. He literally is a professional photographer. Then show me, like some of this stuff that I'm missing. Um, and then I took it upon myself after that to, um, learn more about these cameras and, and watch some YouTube. There's a shit. There's a lot of info out there if you choose to do that. So trying, like you said, being back in that student mentality, the way that you're doing with relationships and, and stuff like that. I, and on top of that, I'm trying to be a better husband and a, and a better father and I'm going to be a father again. And so I have a lot to learn there. And, and, uh, um, yeah, I think we move away from that. Like, ah, oh, I know it all. I read a couple books. I'm good. And here we go. Yeah, it's it's hard when you take on a task that that that'll never end, right? And if you're digging a ditch that was never going to end, that'd be pretty fucking miserable, mm -hmm. right? Um, if you had a never-ending amount of weight to lose, you know, if you're one of those thousand-pound people, and it's just holy shit, this is literally going to take me years and years to, right. to get to this, this place. If I ever get there. Um, but for us, because we both struggle with our weight, we do have a never ending amount of weight to lose because if we don't change the way we're eating and live our lifestyle, well, we're, we're going to be like gaining and losing and gaining and losing. And that's where if we don't learn how to take control of our impulses, mm -hmm. right. Then, yeah, we will never have that. And you know, that any pursuit of, of what fitness looks like. Uh, but if we learn to better manage our relationship with food and nutrients and things like that, we have a higher probability of being successful. And for that to not be as a major issue that we're constantly trying to navigate. So I wanted to ask you, as you talk about your photography stuff, but do you have, I know I do. Do you have a way that you try to realign your internal dialogue each day? I, I, do you still use the, the best self journals? I do. Yes. Uh, and that's going to be a topic for a future podcast too, is, is journaling and, and writing that stuff out. It's something that I struggle with to maintain a consistency I do realize that I am better and more focused and um, have a better picture of what my day and week will look like when I am journaling using something like the best self journal. Um, 
yeah, that's the one I'm using right now. I bounce back and forth between a couple of them. Um, but planning, planning my day out and, um, planning, implementing steps, like planning steps for these are the goals I'm working towards. This is the steps I need to take today towards it. These are the tasks I need to get done. Um, and some of my days can be quite busy as are most people's. And, and so you look in a 24 hour period where you want to sleep for a minimum of eight hours and you go, okay, so I got 16 hours to achieve some stuff. And then, um, 10 of that's filled up with things that I have no control over that's business or family or whatever. And then, so what am I going to do with those remaining six hours? If I'm good at math, uh, am I going to fuck off? Um, you know, watching YouTube videos that can go down a rabbit hole of, Oh, I'm watching YouTube videos of cat videos now. Um, am I actually studying or am I just fucking off watching other people's nonsense at this point? So I have to be very careful about that. Yeah, are you learning? Or are you being entertained? Yeah. There's distractions on stuff, but, um, yeah, I definitely am, uh, more focused and more, aware of my progress when I have something to chart it on, whether it be, I know you and I have talked about it. And again, we'll go in some more in depth on a, on a future episode about our routes of journaling. You're using electronic stuff. I'm old school cause I'm much older than you and I like stone tablets and I'm chiseling my day in them. Um, but no, I like writing stuff down and I like the paper aspect of it. And, uh, that's one of my tasks for today, um, is planning out my week cause it's Monday and I haven't used that thing for for about two weeks solid now. And, uh, I'm feeling the effects of it. I'm, I'm way more at the mercy of these limiting beliefs of societal pressures creeping in. I start getting onto Instagram more when I don't have my day planned out. I start hearing that internal dialogue that's holding me back more when I don't have my day planned out. When I have my day planned out of like, these are the things I need to get done. These are the times I am going to do these things today. That fog, that noise that starts to get louder, um, it, it just can't get there. I don't have time for it when, uh, when I'm writing stuff down and, I, and I'm being pretty regimented. When I'm, when I'm actually treating myself like I'm a doctor or an attorney that has a calendar all day of patients or clients. And I don't have the time. Like a doctor wouldn't sit there during his shift and have time to fuck off on angry birds or Instagram or anything like that. You know, uh, you'd be a surprise. There's a wide variety of, of people and, and their competency yeah. levels and commitment to what they're doing. True. Um, true. But no, I, yeah. So for me, it's, I have, I've gotten better at quickly identifying that I'm, I'm going down a, a non-productive path is when I find myself laying in bed going, I didn't get this done. I didn't get that done. And it's not because I was doing other things that were productive. Mm-hmm. It was, no, I can recognize that I fucked off. I went down a YouTube hole, mm-hmm. you know, or Instagram reels, which is horribly addicting. And oh. You go into the psychology of how, why they make it. There's a swipe feature. It's just like pulling the reel on a slot machine, you know, and it just keeps you on back for more. And we're we're, really we're guilty it. of it with each other because we have a, a group little Instagram thing. And we say, so like, you probably noticed me over the last couple of days. I, I, I'm not responding to much of that stuff because I'm yeah. like, yeah, cool. Either I've already seen it because this fucking video is going everywhere. Yes, it's funny. Yes, I already watched it. But like... I don't want to be that guy that's just looking at Instagram all day. I got other things that I want to attain and, and achieve and, and like, yes, it's fun. And yes, it's a bonding experience for us to wield fucks, but, uh, it's, uh, <laughs> it's, uh, it's not furthering what I want to do. And, and I have to be very careful about that of, of, um, 
being sucked into that vortices of sending everybody everything. You know who's the best at that? And it kind of hurts my feelings sometimes. My fucking brother. He's a lieutenant colonel in the, in the army. He's deployed right now and stuff. But I'll send him shit. And I rarely send it to him because I know I'm not going to get much of a response. I'll send him stuff that I think is really funny or uh, appropriate or things that, that I think he would enjoy. And I just never hear anything back. Like, he doesn't even answer the fucking text. Like, dozens of times. Like, God damn it. What does it take to get through to you? But uh, I know what his life's been like this last year. And he doesn't have time for that shit. He literally doesn't have the time for that shit. He's not even going to open it. He he just doesn't. And so, good for him. Fucking yeah. self-righteous bastard. <laughs> <laughs> no, I, I think it just, I think it comes with the, uh, the type of position. You know, my buddy's the same way. It's like, we, you know, we went from playing video games that BSing all the time to mm-hmm. I I literally I'll have to like hit him up with like four or five text messages just to get a hey dude I really suck at hovering you know <laughs> and that's his response and then it's like I gotta go back to studying yeah you know and and you know it's just it's everyone you know everyone's at, at their own place in their own journey and some of it requires very intent you know focus and stuff and I know that seven years ago when I was you know, knee deep and trying to figure out how to be an entrepreneur. I didn't have time for anything else. Mm-hmm. I, I literally was, you know, 14 hour days, six, seven days a week in the business. That was my life. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I, and I put everything about who I was on the back burner and was just trying to problem solve every yeah. day. Um, and while I learned a lot through that process, um, I also gave up a lot. And so I think it's, you know, it's for me, it's, it's, if I can go to sleep, feeling good about what I did in the day, then for me, that's like a small win and then getting up and planning and you kind of like build momentum through that, you know, but the hard part is, is when you get knocked down, it's, it's getting back up instead Mm -hmm. of just sitting there and going, woe is me, you know? Um, so for, you know, for me, it's just, it's those small wins. It's those incremental wins, you know, builds, it builds, you know, um, momentum throughout the day throughout the week and you know hopefully that can maintain and you do a better job of not getting derailed by things especially things that are beyond your control yeah you know it's definitely difficult we talked a lot about you know all the shit going on with covid and and the civil and political unrest and things like that and sure you can't control that shit and that's been the best thing for me is divorcing myself from being emotionally invested into that crap um you know focusing on what it is that i can do and control you know and just trying to make progress and there's this girl with this fitness chick that I follow on Instagram for a variety of different reasons. Uh, but she, she, she makes these corny ass fucking posts like every day. Um, but like the one that she always posts and it's, it annoys me how simple it is because it's just, you know, regardless of what you do, as long as you take one step forward, that's progress. You'll never reach your destination if you don't take the next step. Right. And it's, and it's, it's annoyingly simple, right? Because it's it's one of those inconvenient truths where it's just like, hey, you can throw the biggest bitch fit you want. You can, oh, you know, my life's harder than everyone else. I don't have time. This and that. You can make all these excuses, you know. I, you know, and that's all really, you know, a deflection from whatever it is that you're personally struggling with, right? Going back to the point, but just, just some form of progress. Yeah, you know. If, if you want to be more disciplined, make your bed, if, get up at a certain time, don't snooze your alarm, whatever it is, brush your teeth before you, whatever these things are, just start small and build some momentum, you know, gain traction, yeah. which I think that was one of the underlining really good things about 75 hard, you know, it's just, it's a small little incremental lens, you know, it's a check in that box, mm-hmm. you know, and if you can find things that motivate yourself, find a way to track and hold yourself accountable, whether uh, it's a digital calendar or if it's an actual journal or things like that, you know, or if it's, you know, just something you, you show to yourself, like making your bed, you know, just 
try to find those wins, you know, throughout the day. Liz told you to say that, didn't she? What, making the bed? Making the bed. No. It's a huge thing. Like, I just refuse to make a bed. Just, I'll find, there's a YouTube video about I why. That's from the Navy SEAL commander. No, 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 no. No, not no, that guy? No, 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 I know exactly which. No. So he's he is the inverse to this video. Okay. Where this guy, um, I don't know who it was. I think it might actually have been Mark Cuban. who was mm. some billionaire that basically okay. said, if it takes me this long to make my bed, and I make my bed 365 days a year, and I can go make this much money with my time, then I'm losing out on X amount of dollars, and I'm not going to make my bed because it's costing me money. Yeah, that's why Mark Cuban's a billionaire, and that fucking Navy SEAL commander, <laughs> he's not, because he, he made his bed too much. Yeah. I don't, I don't want to be like that guy. Yeah. So, yeah. I'm also a small baby child <laughs> at times that refuse to make my bed. All right. Uh, I think it's a good way to wrap that up is just, um, you know, the, the things that you talked about, how to combat those limiting beliefs is really first and foremost, uh, you know, if you, fuck, I, I say, you know, a lot, I've noticed it's a habit that, that you and I have when we really get involved in things and when our brain is glitching a little bit and we're trying to find the words for this, because speaking for an hour is a very hard endeavor without using all of the, um, societal vocal tics that we've developed, which like, you know, uh, and there's a couple others out there. So, so, was, so, was say, so was a yeah, big one. It's a big one for me. Um, well, the other hard part about that is, is that we're not just trying to say what it is that we're thinking. Right. We're trying to say it in a way that we think will make sense to other people. Right. And so you're compressing all these very complex, nuanced feelings. Right. And you're trying to verbalize them. And if you're, you right. know, I'm not very well spoken, you know, and then I'm also trying to be mindful of like, is that, is that, Am I saying that the way that I want to? It just gets more fucked up the more I think about it. Yeah. And we have to be careful that we don't just sit here and record a conversation between two bros, you know, like that. I said it Um, (laughs) like that would be that would be cool for some people, but I don't think it would help us get our message across. So we're trying to be articulate when, when uh, in reality, I'm not exactly it. sure that we're articulate people no. <laughs> in, in certain fashions. Um, but I think some of the ways like, Really, when we talk about family dynamics, if family dynamics are one of the things that are holding you back, people in your life, and I say family as the broad capture of friends, family, people that you choose to have in your life, those are not strangers, which is would be societal pressures. So if it's family dynamics that are holding you back and in, 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 in contributing to these limiting beliefs, you have the power to cut that out. Don't listen to those fucks. If somebody's telling you you can't do it, well, they're not paying your bills. They're not doing this. They're not doing that for you. Like really, honestly, move on from that. It might be uh, your own damn mother. And that's a hard pill to swallow of saying in certain contexts, I'm not going to listen to you or in the big grand scheme of things, I can't have you in my life because you're holding me back from the things that I'm trying to achieve. And, and, and diagnosing that is going to be tough. And then on top of it, taking action on that diagnosis of realizing that it could be very close family members who are holding you back from the things you want to achieve. Um, same thing with friends. A lot of people are very scared by um, progress and, and excelling. And so um, it's very natural for people to try to hold you back because of their own fears and insecurities and limiting beliefs. And so you have to realize that that's sometimes what you're combating. But if you need to like shed that stuff like winter clothes, uh, walking into a hot room, like 
that's a fucking terrible analogy right there. But just to say you had a bunch of coats on, right? And you walk into a house and it's hot as shit. Well, you're going to start shedding those jackets pretty quick. I don't even know why I'm talking about that. It's a fucking, <laughs> I'm, yeah, it's, I'm trying to figure out, like, did I just black out? Like, what happened yeah, here? Yeah, you just woke up in an alternate reality. Yeah. It's fucking California. And let's say it dipped down to about 53 degrees today. That was about the coldest we've seen in months. Anyways, uh, from a guy that <laughs> wears shorts his whole life. Um, <laughs> what is happening right now? I think it's time for us to go. No, you, you, you. <laughs> No, <laughs> got it. I'm not, not doing that. Uh, you gotta, you gotta move past that. You, you literally have to drop it like dead weight. If you're, if you're walking along carrying just fucking heavy weights and, you, and you're wondering why you're not making progress, just drop those fucking things by the side of the road and keep walking on. Um, yeah, <laughs> like, no, I'm just I mean, like it's, the cliche queen right now. No, I mean it's you know it's it's hard, right? It's it you know I guess. Uh, an example that that sucks that's true and it's so common but it's it's like a girl in a an abusive relationship now you know at, at the end of the day it's it's yeah not downplaying the complexity and difficulty of that situation but you have to put yourself first yeah um you know and believing you can change someone and things like that it you know compromises your situation but so you just you have to be okay with being alone at some point in time in your life yeah. and and that's hard you know and it's something that I've been fortunate that my wife's incredibly supportive that I haven't had to actually face full on it, it this later stage of my life of doing it alone. Mm-hmm. Um, but I accept that, you know, if that's what it's going to require for me to be a better version of myself and a, and a better father, you know, then I'll cross that bridge yeah. when it comes, but it's, and that's that, the internal dialogue that you have to fight. Sometimes you have to fight those voices in your head that nobody's putting there. Maybe family, maybe society um, contributed to it, but you're also, they're just residing in your head now. So you need to, when you're feeling those things, those limiting factors, those, those, I'm not good enough. I'm not fast enough. I'm not whatever to achieve this. You need to tell yourself to shut the fuck up. Sometimes you need to tell yourself, stop doing that to yourself. Be kind to yourself, be, be hard on yourself. But, but also if you feel like literally you feel a negative thought and you're, you say to yourself some, I can't do this, turn that around say I can't do it in that fashion, but I can make progress over here, or I can do this, or this is what I have control over today and moving forward on, on that aspect. Lead everyone with a really corny saying, if you think you can, you can, if you think you can't, you can't either way. You're right. Yeah, that sounds right. I like that. Yeah. Let's push stop and <laughs> stop this recording right on that very profound statement. We'll see you on the next one. Mm-hmm.